Today's episode is brought to you by the Potter Real Estate Group at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Ambassador Real Estate. Potter Real Estate Group is owned and ran by me, the team leader, where it is our goal to give our clients an experience they would be excited to tell their friends and family about when buying or selling a home. Everything you need to know about me and my team can be found at our website at www.pottergroupinc.com or on social media by simply searching for me or the Potter Real Estate Group. Make sure you check us out and send us a message. We would love to connect with you. Welcome to the Potter Podcast, where you will find knowledge, resources, and information on everything real estate related. We are happy to have you join us for our topic and discussion for today. And now, your host, Ryan Potter. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Potter Podcast. Man, I love that new intro. It is awesome. And uh, we are actually on episode 40 already of this first season. And uh, I thought I'd, you know, kind of spice it up a bit and uh, get some new music and uh, some new things here for you guys as we move forward. Um, So thanks again for joining me today. I hope you guys have been enjoying this podcast uh, throughout this year. And uh, today I want to address a question called, what is my, well, let me back up. What if my offer is rejected? Okay, so um, that's the question that I want to address with you guys and talk about today and uh, discuss um, what are some things that you can do if you are out there in uh, the market and your offer gets rejected. Okay, so this is typically for the buyer that's out there, as you all know, Um, but there are some things here that a seller can do um, with the rejected offers as well if you get multiple offers on your property. So let me speak into that um, a little bit. So one, what is something that you can do if your offer gets rejected and you are a buyer? Um, I would say find out as much information as you possibly can of why your offer got rejected, okay? If you have a really good agent, um, and if the other agent on the line is uh, the listing agent and they are um, uh, gonna allow you to uh, speak into that a little bit and give you uh, some some details and some information of why you didn't get the offer, such as maybe you didn't go high enough on your escalation clause, maybe there were some other contingencies. Um, you wanna find out uh, what it was that was the reason why that seller didn't uh, want to accept your offer. Sometimes it's financing, sometimes it's other contingencies, sometimes it's just the fact that they got 13 other offers on the property and somebody else came with cash or came with uh, some other things that they were willing to waive. But you want to find that stuff out. Why do you want to find that stuff out? Well, I think you would want to find that stuff out so that you would know how to write a more aggressive offer next time going out there uh, when you write up on a property, right? You always want to learn from the current situations, right? You've always heard it say, like, learn from your mistakes, right? Well, this isn't necessarily a mistake, but there is stuff that you can learn from it, right? There's things that maybe you need to waive next time, or there's an escalation clause that you need to put in. Maybe you need to write a letter to the sellers. Maybe you need to do um, all these other different things that you get feedback on. So number one, Find out as much information as you possibly can from the seller or the seller's agent and figure out why your offer uh, was rejected. 
it could be something as simple as your contingency there with your uh, your financing is we got a cash offer and you're a conventional loan or you're a VA loan or an FHA loan. And at least you know, well, at least we can't contend with that. But there are some things that you may be able to change based off of that feedback. So go get that feedback. Number two, um, ask if the seller is willing to keep your offer as a backup offer. Why is this important? Okay, I'm going to tell you why this is important from a selling standpoint, if you are the seller and also uh, a buyer as well. So if you're a buyer, obviously this is important because if the house does go back up on the market and it's a house that you really loved, now you are going to be the first one that has dibs, right? So if something falls through on that property or on that house with the first person that the seller accepted an offer on, um, and that buyer walks away, you are next in line uh, as far as working with the seller and because they won't have to throw it back up on the market, right? They've got another offer, a plan B, if you will, uh, if something were to fall through. Now, speaking to the seller standpoint, that's important too because now as a seller, you're not having to jump through hoops or getting frustrated or upset if the deal falls through because you've still got plan B, C, or D in the background as far as other offers that are still on the table. So if the deal does fall through, you don't have to worry about throwing it back up on the market because you've got these other offers that you can go right back to later and see if somebody wants to move forward on that. So that is why you would want to make sure uh, that your offer can be a backup offer if you are a buyer and asking the seller and why it would be important to do that. And then if you're a seller, Therefore, you have more um, leverage there as far as going back to someone and uh, not having to go through jumping through the hoops of putting your house back up on the market and answering all those questions about, hey, why'd the house go back up on the market? You know, is there something wrong with it? All those types of things, right? Now you have a backup plan. That would be smart and something to do as you move forward there. Um, number three, trust your agent or get a new one. <laughs> so what do I mean by that? Well, if they are a good one, you know, the question would be, are they in the market on a daily basis? So do they get to see uh, what is being offered uh, on the sell side and the buy side on a daily basis? If they're a part-time agent or they're an agent that's just doing this on the side, that's probably not the agent you want to be working with in a market where there's low inventory and there's a high demand with a lot of buyers out there wanting to purchase houses, right? Because they're not in it on a daily basis. They don't know what people are offering. They don't know what contingencies are there. They don't know how high people are going with escalation clauses and things like that. Um, so you want to make sure that you have a knowledgeable and experienced agent because that is important in a market like today. Okay. That's one thing you need to know. Are they knowledgeable and do they give you options on how to strengthen your offer for next time? Okay. So what, if they're a good agent, they're going to go back to this seller or the seller's agent and they're going to say, Hey, um, just out of curiosity, what was it that, uh, my, that made your sellers not accept my buyer's offer? Was it, um, a certain contingency or was it just that, you know, the financing was better? What was it? Um, and they will do a good job of going to gather that feedback and information, hopefully from that listing agent. Now I will say there are times where a listing agent will not disclose a lot of that information. I think that is smart. I think that is wise because again, let's think about this. If the deal were to fall through, right with that first offer, they're not going to want to disclose all of the details and all of the information about why they chose that first offer, right? They want to keep that in the dark 
So then if the market, if the house does go back up on the market, they can go back to you and back to some of these other agents and say, hey, here's what my seller needs. This is what my seller wants. The first deal fell through, but if you guys are willing to accept these terms, uh, we will go ahead and we will work out a deal with you instead. Um, so again, you have to be kind of careful uh, in how you do that, but there's ways that you can kind of tiptoe around some of the some of the things there with an agent and figure out what it is uh, that it was that your offer did not get accepted and why it got rejected. So um, at least put forth the effort there and at least have an agent that isn't scared or fearful of approaching that seller or seller's agent to figure out what it was and the reason why uh, your offer got rejected. Okay, let's move on to uh, my last two here. So number four, be aggressive next time. Okay. It's as simple as that. Sometimes you just need to be more aggressive. And again, your agent is going to know if you trust them, what you need to do based off of the information that they got from the other agent or this last offer that you wrote up. So ask your agent, you know, what would you advise us to do next time as we move forward? Is there something that we need to change? Do we need to go higher? Do we need to remove some contingencies? What contingencies would those be? What would you recommend as it deals with those contingencies? All those types of things, right? You want to be able to have an aggressive offer the next time you go up and write. Now, here's one thing I'll speak into with this because a lot of times I'll get buyers um, that don't want to go higher than the asking price or maybe go five or 10 grand over the asking price. That's not going to get it done in today's market, okay? If you're in a seller's market, uh, you're going to need to go 15, 20, 25, 30 grand over the asking price, at least here in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, but you're going to need to go higher than the listing price. And it's going to be, it's got to be more than five or $10,000. Okay. That's just what we're seeing. We're seeing that in almost every single price range as well. So it's not just the lower price ranges now it's on all price ranges. Okay. So you've got to be prepared uh, to basically pay more if you want to get into a house and be willing to go a little bit higher. Now, here's some good news for you, okay? If the numbers stay the way they're going and trending and the way they have been in the last eight years, homes have been appreciating three to 5% or more in the last like seven to eight years here in Omaha. So for you as a buyer, you should know that, okay, in the next two or three years, I'll make that money back typically without having to do a dang thing to the house, Okay, did you hear that? So two to three years by living into that house, you're gonna probably, you know, in most cases, get that money back that you went over on uh, with that house. Okay, does that make sense? So for rough numbers, let's say you offer 150 on a house that's listed uh, at 135, okay? You went 15 grand over the asking price. Now, again, these are low numbers and it's not very realistic, but it's there's some here. I'm just using this for numbers. Okay. In three to in two, three, four years, you know, that house is set to appreciate at three to five, if not more, percent uh, in the next two, three, four years. Okay. So what that means is that's going to continue to appreciate and the fifteen thousand dollars that you went over, you're going to actually make back. Does that make sense? So again, you have to look at some of these things, sometimes long-term and not short-term. You can't look at the situation and say, well, shoot, I don't want to pay $15,000, $20,000 more than what they're asking. Well, there's a lot of other buyers that will, and there's a lot of other buyers that do. And so that's why you lose out on that offer. Um, so a lot of people understand that this is a numbers game. They understand 
that, you know, eventually they're going to make that money back. They're going to get equity into their house. They're maybe putting down a little bit more. Okay, they're starting to run the numbers on a lot of these things. So you have to keep that in mind uh, as you're writing offers and as you're going into those things, okay? Um, at the rate we're going, you just have to understand that you're going to make up thousands of dollars on that home literally by doing nothing to the house moving forward, okay? Now, obviously, if you buy a house and you make updates to it and things like that, you're going to get more money back from that uh, moving forward in the future, but just remember, that's why you want to have a good agent to help walk you through that as far as what they think you can get in return uh, moving forward by making some of those updates, okay? Obviously, the market's going to have a say in that wherever you're at two, three, five years down the road when you do decide to sell. Um, you know, the market may not always be the same, but typically you're going to get a return on some of those things by updating the kitchen and bathrooms and things like that, okay? Number five, ask your agent to send out letters or walk the neighborhood to see if anyone else is going to be selling their house in the near future. Okay, so what do I mean by that? What do you mean send out letters? Well, here's what we do. If we've got a buyer and the buyer says that I really love this neighborhood, I wanna be in this specific neighborhood, then what we do is we send out letters to that neighborhood, to all the sellers in that neighborhood, asking them, all the homeowners I should say, in that neighborhood, asking them if they are thinking about selling their home in the near future because we have a buyer that just lost out on a deal that really loves the neighborhood and that is looking for a house in this area, okay? Sometimes we get a seller to reach back out to us and say, actually, I was thinking about selling and I would really appreciate meeting with you to see if this would be a place that your buyer would be interested in moving into, okay? What happens in that situation? Well, if it turns out to be a dream come true, and the buyer really loves the house, you just made two people's days. You sold the house, right? So you got another deal out of it. You sold the house as a realtor, but then you also uh, helped your buyer find a house. So literally everybody's happy. The realtor's happy, the seller's happy, and the buyer's happy because the seller typically gets what they want for the house because they know that by putting it up on the market, it's probably gonna go to multiple offers and they could get more for that house eventually. Or um, they just want to be nice and sell that house to your buyer because they feel sorry for them, which happens in some cases. Thank you, sellers. Um, and then the other thing is going around and looking to see uh, by door knocking and talking to those people in that neighborhood to see, again, face-to-face -face if they or someone they know in the neighborhood is thinking about selling their house. Okay, this is, I have done this numerous times. Numerous times where I have put a deal together, uh, one, with me representing the seller and the buyer, or two, uh, knowing that the, the seller is getting ready to list, they have an agent already, they give me their agent's information, we get our buyer in the house before they list and put a deal together, um, and that happens as well. So those are some options. Let me give you a, a scenario that just happened the other day. Okay, here's another option. We were out, I was with some buyers, we were out looking at a house, we went through the house, and uh, the house was too small. She was like, you know, I, I would just like a little bit bigger house. Well, lo and behold, we look down the street and we see a U-Haul truck sitting in a driveway. What do you think I did? I literally told my buyer, let's go. I grabbed her. We walked down to the house. I knocked on the door and I said, hey, I see that you have a U-Haul sitting in the driveway. Are you guys moving in or are you moving out? And she said, actually, uh, we're renting 
and we are moving out. And uh, here is the information for uh, the home sell, the homeowner. And you can give them a call and see what they're willing to do. I passed off my information to her to give to the homeowner as well. And now uh, we have information to reach out to this person to potentially put a deal together or get his house listed, right? That's how this system works is you've got to have an agent too that is willing to be aggressive, that isn't afraid or fearful of going to talk to other people in the neighborhood, and that is going to work on your behalf and look out for your best interests. That's what you need in a market like this, especially as your offers are getting rejected, is you got to have someone that's going to be aggressive, is going to be willing to go out, and isn't going to be fearful or scared of talking to other people or other agents or other home buyers or home sellers um, and trying to figure out if there's another option there to help you find a house. So I hope that has helped you guys. I hope you enjoyed this one. But those are five things, um, five things that come to mind that I'm willing to share. And uh, obviously, there's some other things that we do, but I'm not going to share all of my secrets because I know that there are other realtors listening as well. But anyways, um, if you guys have any questions, if you guys uh, have any other topics or things that you want me to discuss, let me know. I'm happy to cover them. Until next time, we will talk to you guys soon. Thanks and have a good day. Thank you so much for tuning into the Potter Podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please do me a favor. Subscribe and leave a five-star review and share this with someone you know and go to connectwithpotter.com and shoot me a message or a DM on one of my social media platforms and let me know what you enjoyed about the episode. And more importantly, let me know what you would like me to cover in the future episodes moving forward. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.